Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. A member in my Facebook virtual coaching group had asked me if I could make a podcast specifically on how to approach each barrel in competition and if it's different for training and to explain my TLC pivot spots and TLC spots, um, etc. arc and all of that. So I do have videos on all of that. If you look at the members only website um, under barrel training and TLC spots, there's a lot of really good visuals and, and information on all of that and broke down into different short videos. So take advantage of the members only website because there's like 150 videos there and there's many on barrel pattern training and all of the details so you can actually see it as well but she asked for a podcast which is fine it's great because she's at work and she wants to do it while she's um, listen to it while she's working so and that that's fine too whatever works if you're driving and it's easier to listen and not watch videos and all of that um i don't mind doing a podcast for both so anyhow um when i started tlc in the early 90s I always had a, a, in my mind with every horse that I rode spots that I would ride to. Maybe my big 16 hand horse would need a little bigger arc and a little bit more room going into the turns than my little 15 hand horse would need a smaller arc and a little less pocket around the barrels. He had a huge stride and could outrun her between the barrels so she had to have really tight turns and then they would clock exactly the same if I accomplished that. So anyways, um, if you go ahead and look at it from that aspect, um, it is important that you uh, evaluate your horse's style, stride, and size when you're looking at riding to your arc, which is your approach to your first barrel, whether it's a left or right first barrel, and then your TLC spots. Um, that's going to vary too, depending on the horse's style as well and size. Um, but I, I try to keep it very simple. I believe in the KISS theory, keep it simple, silly. The more you keep it simple for the horse and the rider, the better. I want 80% to be off of my body, so it really doesn't matter what bit I have on my horse, if I run them in a side pull, whatever, because they're working mainly off of my body, my eyes, my voice, with some leg and a little bit of hand guiding, or occasionally a bump here or there to help them. <clears throat> with that said, when I got to Colorado for eight years, I rode those horses. And then when I moved to Florida, I started doing a lot more lessons and clinics and I realized I had to be able to break it down for people better. So that's when I started the TLC spots. Spot one is the entrance um, going into the turn. Spot two is the backside and spot three is the exit. And if you watch any pro rodeo, futurity, um, my own personal best runs in the 1D on my horses, um, you only have two strides of rate and two strides around the barrel. Now, whether or not you have to rate the horse or the horse rates itself, or you have to push the horse deeper, that again comes to their style. Um, and two strides around the barrel. Some might um, take the same size all the way around the barrel. Some might go in a little wider and come out a little tighter. Some might take their pocket a little bit more behind the barrel. Again, dependent on the style of that horse and the size and, and um, stride. Arc is a big thing too. Um, so when you think of an arc, that's from the alleyway to the 
to where you're going to your first barrel. If it's a long score, meaning it's a long ways to the first barrel, I like to line up with third, especially if it's a narrow pin. If it's a really wide pin, I might be just on the inside of third barrel when I take off from the alleyway. And at that point, I'm gonna to try to go up the middle a little bit and then head to my arc. If I just took off from the alleyway with a long score to my arc, I'm probably gonna slice first barrel when I get there, unless I have a horse that can really fold in half. But it forces a three stride uh, turn instead of a two stride turn. That's why an arc is really important. So the little caddy horse, a five to six foot arc is probably okay. For the average horse, a seven to eight foot arc is good. And for the big bubba or big rollback stiffer style horse, you might want a nine to 10 foot arc. And again, still you only want two strides or eight and the rate will usually happen where the tracks cross for the first stride or eight. The second stride or eight is just before the barrel. When, and then you wanna start your turn as soon as your leg gets to the barrel. Don't make the mistake of starting the turn when your horse's shoulder gets there because it doesn't get them using their whole body around the barrel and then it causes problems with your position on the backside and exit. When you start a turn too soon, they'll probably either hit a barrel or have to blow off um, wide on the exit because you've cut off the backside of your turn. And again, only got their shoulder around the barrel, not the hindquarters. So, so with TLC spots in mind, each barrel's different. First barrel is a three-quarter turn. It's probably the barrel you run to with the most adrenaline or nerves. Hopefully you keep yourself calm, but it generally is a barrel that you can get rolling to from the alleyway. So you have to decide, is your horse a horse you float to the first barrel, push to the first barrel? You know, you have to know your horse and then you have to know your arc. If it's a short score, you can go from the mouth of the arena, if it's a center alley, to your arc. If it's a side gate um, and you go to the right barrel first, and it's a right side gate. You can just walk in from the right, line up with third, turn right and go. Um, if it's a left gate and you go to the right barrel first, I would suggest following the fence line down, go past the third barrel, make a right hand circle, like a 10 foot circle, as long as it doesn't put you past the electric eye. And then uh, turn off to the right, go past the third barrel, make a circle to the right, a 10 foot right circle. That way they take their right lead and you're on the correct side of third barrel when you take off. Because real estate matters. The shortest distance from one spot to another is a straight line. So you don't want to waste um, time on the pattern making giant uh, rainbows or big swooping arcs or veen across the pattern if you don't have to. Um, again, you have to know your horse. I've seen barrel races one when people come in from a left gate a short score running full blast from a left gate to the first barrel because they couldn't control their horse to line them up and it was easier just to go for it. So again, I'm telling you, you need to know your horse, but most horses are better to stay calm and walk in, do a circle, line up and go when it's a side gate. But again, it depends on um, your individual uh, horse. So. When we look at TLC spots though, that's not gonna change. Your arc, I discussed, spot one is the entrance. That should be three to five foot pocket um, that you give them room going into the turn. A little caddy horse, three foot, the normal average horse, four foot, the big bubba or big strided horse might need a five foot pocket. And then in practice, I generally will keep it the same on the backside. In competition, it might start getting a foot smaller on the backside and even a foot smaller than that on the exit. So like five, four, three, or four, three, two, or three, two, one. So it's, you go in wider, come out tighter kind of thing. 
but in, in practice, I do like to keep it more the same. I like to shape my horse. I keep them square all the way from the alleyway to my uh, arc position to two strides from the barrel. And then when I, my leg gets to the barrel or just before the barrel, I'll shape the horse in slow work, meaning I'll pick up their nose and pick up their shoulder, soften their rib and ride that hind quarter. So I'm kind of doing an in and out. I'm getting a little bit of lateral bend in my horses from the time that I get to spot one when my leg gets the barrel and then I release it. A lot of people make the mistake of holding. You have to release it and drive them to spot two. And then when they get to spot two, I might shape them again. And then I'll shape them again on spot three if they're a stiff horse that catches barrels leaving, or I'll snap out with my hips and let them leave tight and straight. And that's how I train versus compete. So again, I like to know my horse. If it's a horse that's cutting me off or going in, I might work a five foot circle around the barrel and make them keep my pocket around the barrel and ride their hindquarters all the way around the barrel. Um, so that's important to me. And again, it's a three quarter turn. So I call um, some of my training that I'll do is circles and a true turn. So I might walk a five foot circle around the barrel. Then I might do a true turn where I go five, four, three and snap out working off of my hips. So when my body is square in my circle and I'm looking a quarter turn ahead, I don't go to my inside hip and shoulder until I'm at my pivot spot. Pivot spots are important. Um, second barrel is a full turn. That's the turn that most novice horses struggle with because you've got to move over, swap your lead, and it's a full turn. And usually they don't rate it as good. They don't know how to handle it as well. An open horse tends to over anticipate and rate second barrel because they know it's a full turn and they know it's coming. And then third barrel is only a half a turn. Almost every horse loves third barrel because it's a half a turn. It's easy and you get to run home. You don't have to swap leads or anything. So um, something that you need to consider, um, and again, competition. In competition, I think more of riding straighter longer. Um, when I'm leaving, when I'm in the alleyway, I'm looking for my arc and I'm thinking about getting to spot one and spot two. Between spot one and spot two is what I call the hole, getting in the hole. And getting in the hole is your job. Your job is to get your horse in the hole and if you've trained them properly, as long as you get them in the hole, and then sit down and, and let them work. They'll snap that barrel and then your job is to get them to the next uh, straighter longer in the hole spot, which again, it's between spot one and two, usually three to four feet to the side of the barrel and three to four feet past the barrel is where you wanna be looking on most horses. And same thing when you're going to third, I'll look at my straighter longer point, which is about three or four feet to the side of the barrel or three or four feet past, depending on if they anticipate a lot. Where I sit for rates gonna depend on the horse. If it's a free runner, I might sit three strides out so they can prepare to rate, and I might say whoa or bump them so they have two strides of rate before the barrel. And a baby, I might ride the same too because they're waiting for me to say when. They wait for you to say rate, they wait for you to say turn, and then they wait for you to say go again to drive out of your turns. Um, and then if it's a push horse, I might sit up all the way until my leg gets the barrel spot one, or even on some, I might have to really think about pushing to the backside through that corner from spot one to spot two. And then I can only back off at my pivot spots. And that's something I haven't talked about yet. Pivot spot is the same on first and third, because first is a three quarter turn and third is a half a turn. You can pivot their pivot foot, inside pivot foot, once they clear their hip on spot two, the backside, they can push off and leave the barrels. Um, 
and they'll leave it nice and straight that way. If you pivot too soon, they'll blow off wide. If you pivot too late, they'll blow off wide. So you wanna make sure you've got that nice four wheel drive from spot one to two, and then use your body to help them pivot from spot two to three to come out nice and straight by giving them their head after you sit back with your inside hip and shoulder and then pull up on your horn and give them their head outside leg by the front cinch will square up those shoulders and they can leave really straight. So I generally am gonna use inside leg going into a turn and outside leg coming out on the turn on most horses and that's usually by the front cinch. There are some horses that don't keep their hips in so I might use outside leg by the back cinch. I might use scissor legs where I hug them by the front cinch to control shoulder and rib with my inside leg and then hug them with my outside leg by the back cinch to keep that hip in. But it depends on the horse. If most of mine are naturally butt dragging and they're very collected. So I generally just use a little inside leg when I get to spot one, a little outside leg when I'm coming out at spot three. And, um, and that's generally how I train my horses to work mainly off my body and my voice. And I'm very specific about looking at my spots. Now, second barrel, the pivot spot is at spot three. If you were to pivot, between spot two and three on second, you would hit the barrel leaving. That's why you have to keep your horse in four wheel drive and sit a little bit longer. The number one mistake I see with novice riders is they get ahead of their horses. They may not even be through the turn yet and they're already looking to the next barrel and pulling on their head. And that's the worst thing you can do. You get in your horse's way, you set them up poorly for the next barrel and they can't get out with power. A lot of people will do that at first they don't stay on the horn until spot three and that's important you do need to sit down look a quarter turn ahead only spot one two and three and then look for your next barrel it happens fast you guys when you're running it happens slow when you're walking trotting or slow loping but the key is is that you and your horse are a team that you marry each other and you're balanced if you get ahead of your horse you're going to be pulling and leaning you know and that's another thing riders do that's not good is leaning you don't want to lean you don't want to get in their way and you want to communicate with your eyes and your body your shoulders and your hips your seat and that is super important and the way that that's going to happen is by looking straight when you're running between the barrels and keeping everything square look between their ears not down their neck keep your shoulders and hips square and use your legs to keep their line you might use two legs across the pin and you might need a little inside or outside leg as you get closer to keep their pocket correct. Um, and that's something you have to, again, know your horse. Timing and feel, I can't say precisely one pound of leg with one ounce of rain at this specific spot because that's not how it works in barrel racing. The things that don't change is one right and two lefts or one left and two rights and your spots, once you know your sweet spot for your arc for that horse and what your spots one and two are, that will never change for you. The things that will change is timing and feel and being in the moment because some days they're gonna run like they're on fire. Other days they're gonna run like they're half awake. Other days the ground's gonna be fast or the ground's gonna be slow and deep. And the things that, that you can't control are those things, but you can control doing your job, looking and riding to your spots and being in the moment for your horse. And just, you know, you know, that's experience. The more you go, the better you get at that. But that's why you practice slow at a walk and a trot, occasionally a slow lope, because there's only so many gumballs in the gumball machine. 
So meaning when the gumballs run out, that's all there is. So and meaning a horse only has so many runs in them before they have to be retired because they can't do it any longer. Just like a professional athlete. You know, there's a certain amount of maintenance you can do maybe to get them a little further, but there's going to be a time where they slow down because of arthritis or pain or God forbid have a career ending um, injury. So, so those are all things that you really don't want to be wasting runs when you, you know, get your horse trained, be picky about where you run them and when you run them and be smart about conditioning them at home. Um, make sure they're fit, but not overused. You know, horses appreciate a day off and rest and vacation time and vet checkups and chiropractic and a good fear and dental just like you would. Um, all those things matter for an athlete, as does your fitness as an athlete. So um, so keep those things in mind and don't overcomplicate it. The only difference when I train versus when I compete Um, I think of when I train, I do a little bit more like in and outs on the barrels where I want to feel my horse laterally. Let me pick them up and bend them and move them away from the barrel if I want to at spot one and two and then finish tight at spot three um, on a lot of horses. If I have a rollback stiff horse that likes to catch barrels leaving, I'll work on flexing at spot one, two and three and keep them in four wheel drive and work on flex and fluidity. If I have a horse that wants to rubberneck and turn their head on the barrel and swing their butt, that can usually be caused by riders who look ahead and pull on their horse's heads. Um, that horse I might stay in the center of the rein or ride two hands with a little more balance rein and slow work and teach them to work off my body and legs more and keeping that hip in. Um, but in and outs is something I love to do, which there's a video in the group on that when I do my slow work, because I feel like it keeps the horse focused and moving away from the barrel instead of dropping the shoulder into the turn. And it also gets them picking up the shoulder and keeping their hind in, in and under as you go around the barrel. But in competition, less is more for me. I like straight lines to my spots. You know, I don't like big in and out movements. There are the occasional 1D successful horses that make those in and out movements. Um, I think of Risky Chris at the NFR. He was one that would make a really nice in and out movement to his third barrel and he was a 1D NFR horse. Um, uh, I think, what was her name? Uh, I forget the writer's name now. Cappy Allen? Was that? No. I think maybe Cappy Allen. She was a veterinarian, but she rode that horse. And I think Ad Waddell might have trained that horse originally. Um, But he was one of those few horses that you could see do really successful in and out on the third barrel. But preferably a straight line to me is less less steps, less movement. Um, So when I am training, sometimes if I have a horse that's not finishing their turns, I'll over finish the barrels. You know, not the horse hits the barrels though, leaving. So the horse that maybe flexes good but doesn't quite finish their turns, I'll make sure they pick up that shoulder, ride that hindquarter, spot one and two. And then when I leave spot three, I'll over finish it. Some horses I might stop and put their hip in if I want them to make sure they're thinking about not drifting, especially if you have a horse that likes to drift to too big of a pocket. Um, So I might stop where the tracks cross and and back a step and put the hip in a step. Um, Again, it's going to come down to the individual horse and that's why reviewing your videos helps me a lot because I can see their style and say, okay, with this horse, you know, he's stiff, so I would do this. This horse is bendy and four-wheel drive, so I would do this. This horse is, um, you know, front-endy 
this horse is a rollback horse, you know, whatever. And every horse I can kind of tell you this one's style or stride needs more pocket. This one needs less pocket. You know, this one you're turning too soon or dropping on the front end or, you know, and, and we can kind of evaluate. But um, I believe if you train from the beginning consistently with repetition, because that's how horses like to learn, um, not to the point of boredom, but maybe in sets of three, you know, two or three times a week. Um, at a walk trot and a slow lope they, they'll get it and then when you get to an open horse you may only have to tune up once on the, during the week on the barrels at a walk trot when you come in from riding conditioning out in the pasture or something and just enough to show them hey I want you here these are your spots and this is the body position that I want you in and these are the cues that you need to you know pay attention to and then you guys are in sync to go make your timed runs on the weekend so, um, so anyhow, those are the biggest things. Um, even though the barrels are different, a three quarter first barrel, a full turn second barrel, and a half a turn third, there are still only two strides of rate and two strides around the barrel. It's just a matter of making sure you get to your spots. So as long as you're rating two strides down, which is usually where the tracks cross to where your leg gets to spot one, the entrance, those are your two strides of rate. And again, some, some horses rate down off your body. Some need a little bump of the reins. Um, some you have to, they rate down too early. So you have to sit up and ride them deeper. Um, that's not going to change. And the two strides around the barrel is not going to change. Even though it's a three quarter turn, it, it, it affects your timing, but it doesn't affect your position. You still only want three to five feet of pocket going in and on the backside and then finish tight. Same with second barrel. You move over, but you only want to move over to three to five foot pocket. You don't want bigger than that, or you're going to take an extra stride around the barrel and that's going to cost you time on the clock. If you go less than that, you'll um, either hit the barrel or have to blow out deep on the backside spot two or spot three and then that's going to set you up poorly for third barrel and the same thing going to third barrel you know aim to a three to five foot pocket next to the spot one on third and then again you know about the same on spot two the backside and then finish tight so um, as i mentioned when i'm schooling i might work a five foot circle and then I'll around the barrel and then I might do a true turn where I go five, four, three or four, three, two. And what I mean by that is, you know, five or four or five feet at spot one and then maybe um, three or four feet at spot two and then maybe two or three feet at spot three and just leave tighter. But again, I don't want my horses cutting me off in competition. So I tend to practice with a little bit extra room um, if it's a horse that I feel anticipates. But I don't want to teach them. I don't want to teach them big pockets are okay if we do that all the time. And I absolutely want transitions and collection. So I don't post trot around a barrel, I sit jog because I want my horse and that's why all my dry work and drills and foundation has to be done first. A horse should be broken the face left, right and down. A horse should transition off my body from a post trot to a sit jog, from an extended canter to a collected lope like single barrel or D pattern. Um, I should be able to do my rail work off my body for post-trot sit jog, you know, all of those things. I should be able to pick up my horse's nose and shoulder and their feet shouldn't move. So that's why rail work is important. So dry work and drills 
have to be done before barrel pattern training. If you don't have buttons, it's gonna be really hard to be consistent with speed on any horse. You can pattern a horse, but it's not gonna be consistent if you don't have a good foundation on a horse. So education with speed takes time as well. So maybe you're running solid in the 4D, but you've got some holes in your foundation, work on that. Maybe you're solid in the 3D, but you wanna add speed. So make sure that they understand how to listen to your body with more speed or be prepared to ask for the rate or ask for the cues to rate and turn a hair earlier because you're going faster now. Um, all of those things are just education with speed and they take time. So, you know, there's a process of, you know, like a year of foundation, a year of pattern training, hauling for exposure and exhibitions, and then you've got your maturity or novice horse year, and then your derby or open year, depending on their age and how long you've been running. And it does take time to make a horse and season a horse. And that's why barrel horses sell for so much money because someone's put a whole lot of time into them. You know, it's not a, a six month thing. It's a two, three, four year thing to make a really super solid horse from the time you start them under saddle to the time that you are running at super shows or pro rodeos. So it can be a process, you know, minimum two years. Um, and that's with a professional who knows what they're doing and a horse that's advancing and can handle the pressure emotionally, physically, and mentally. And for most, it might be a three or four year process, especially if you're a normal human person that works full time and they can only ride two, three days a week and only one or two horses a week. It's not the same as a trainer who rides eight horses, eight, you know, eight hours a day, seven days a week. It's just not the same apples to apples. So, so you have to be realistic when you're training a horse and um, that's why a coach is helpful. That's why lessons and clinics are helpful. And, um, and that's why being super consistent, um, you know, some people are like, oh, I never show my horse the barrels. Well, that's fine if they can, if you guys are a good team, if you're solid, but if you're not, there's nothing wrong with conditioning out on the road or the pasture and then come in and do a few minutes on the barrel pattern at a walk trot and, and you know, two or three sets and you're done. Um, and there's nothing wrong with going in the arena once a week to do a drill, like single barrel or D pattern or or uh, squares with circles in the corners or something like that um, where you're working on extension and collection and you can do bend and flex work transitions leg laterals to tracking all that while you're out on the trail but um, but regarding um, TLC spots spots one two and three don't change um, your arc's not going to change once you find your sweet spots for each horse you know each horse is going to have their own special spots um, you know, the way you communicate with them should not change from a walk, trot, lope, or run, other than it happens quicker, or you might have to bump a little bit more, you know, uh, with your hand with a quick bump if they're not listening to your voice or body. But ideally, um, that's why you make sure they are being educated with speed so they do more and you do less. It should be 50-50. In the beginning, it's more like 80-20. And as they start to learn, you ask, they try. You say go, they go. You say rate, they rate. You say turn, they turn. But you don't do your job for them. Like I mentioned, the people that are leaning or pulling or looking ahead before they're finished with the turn they're in, um, the worst thing is, you know, uh, looking down their neck or picking up your hand and crossing the withers or pulling down to your thighs or over the barrel. 
um, you know, there's a certain place for your horse to go to and you don't want them to think it's okay to go way past the barrel. You don't want them to think it's okay to go way wide into the barrel. You want to be pretty consistent on riding to the same spots all the time. So if you stick with three to five feet for your spots one and two, you're going to be pretty safe bet that they're going to be consistent and keep shaping them in your slow work. I like to shape at each spot in my slow work. Um, I like to use my outside stirrup and outside hip after I rate my horse as I'm going into my turns um, to keep them and keep a nice bend and, and lateral feel to them um, and keep that that pocket that's that circle honest um, and then I go to my inside hip and shoulder as I want to snap out and finish tight just as I would in competition so I start teaching them that in their slow work and um, I guess that's pretty much everything though um, hopefully that makes sense to you training um, and competition sometimes I'll just walk the barrel pattern and don't even cue the horse and let me see what they think their job is do they turn the barrel on their own do they go to a big pocket a lot of times if riders do that for me I can tell if a rider is doing too much for their horse or if their horse doesn't even understand their job and that's because the horse won't walk the pattern correctly on their own. So that's a good way um, to tell if a horse understands the barrel pattern once you've got them going, um, just by walking the pattern and, and look and ride to your spots, but don't use your hands and your, your um, legs, just use your eyes and your body and see if they'll go to the right size pocket, if they'll turn the barrel or not. Um, and all of that so or if they cut you off because horses don't want to hit barrels that's why people are like my horse hit a barrel probably not probably you looked at the barrel and cued him to turn too soon you know or my horse went by the barrel well probably you kicked too long and didn't sit down and give them time to collect so they could have a tight turn nine times out of ten it's caused by the rider either a riding cue or how you train or prepared for the event so i'm not saying there isn't a time that a horse has an off day or maybe they're sore or, you know, whatever. But um, nine times out of 10, I really feel like you have to look at yourself and evaluate what you can do better. And um, in your communication with your horse, with your go cue, your rate cue, and your turn cues. And um, again, it should be 80% from your eyes, your body, and your voice. And only 18% with your legs, your calves, and your feet. And 2% with your hands. Um, just soft guiding hands not pulling um, if you have to bump it should be a shape and release not a pull um, and that's I think probably some of the main stuff that I see so anyhow I hope this podcast was helpful thank you and as always ride with heart and God bless you all